Mark chapter 9, verses 1 through 13, an interesting story. This is transfiguration. And, of course, on the transfiguration, Jesus has brought up Peter, James, and John. And when he's up there, two other guys show up. A guy by the name of Moses and a guy by the name of Elijah shows up. And so, of course, James and John don't say anything. They see all these things. They don't know if they should be there, and they're glad they're there. But Peter always says things. Bless, bless, bless his heart. You just never know what that man's going to say. I love studying him because he does something that's very interesting. He sees those two other men. They're all lighted up, and he sees them, and watch this. He says, he says in verse number 5, And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Master, is it, it, it is good for us to be here. That would have been good if he'd ended there. But then he says this, And let us make three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias. He didn't understand that they were there for Jesus. You say, well, how do you know he didn't understand? Because you read the next verse. Have you ever said something and thought, I probably shouldn't have said that? Here's what he says in this in verse number 6. He was scared. He said, for he wist not what to say, for they were sore afraid. If you don't know what to say, sometimes it's better not to say anything. And so they've, they've seen this configuration, this transfiguration, and, and they, these other two men were with Jesus. And then all of a sudden another story comes online and we, 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 get, we jump into it in Mark chapter 9 and we're going to look at verse number 14. Interesting part of the story. In Mark chapter 9, verses 1 through 13, it does that. Mark chapter 9, we've just read it. We're going to look at the first part of this. Look at verse number 14. It says that there's, there's, there, he, they're all together and then in verse number 17, and one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. Now he's not referring to that he's not intelligent. He's referring that he just has a lot of problems and he's going to list all these problems. So the first, the first part I want you to see is this man had a problem. There's people around us that have problems all the time. But this man actually went to the source of where he needed to go and we'll see that in just a second. What was his problem? This problem was found in a couple verses. We read it. Verse number 17 says this, I have brought thee my son unto, unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And, with, and wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And then you keep going. There's a couple more verses in verse number 20 and 22. He continues this tell story. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming. And he asked his father... How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said of a child. I don't know about you, but when my children were little, if this was going on, this would concern me. And there's no doubt he has went and done everything he possibly could. Here's Jesus on the scene and he goes up and he doesn't care what other people think. He's going to, tell him, he's going to ask for him to do something. Keep reading and it says this, And oftentimes it will cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. He knew something wasn't right. You imagine it. And sometimes we read these stories and we don't picture it. Picture your child, all of a sudden you have a fire going on and you have to pull him out of the fire because he keeps wanting to jump into it. Or maybe it, there's water there and he keeps jumping into the water. He starts acting, he, he goes, this demon is doing certain things in front of Jesus and he sees it. This man had a problem. The other thing is, guess what? Somebody else had a problem. The disciples had a problem. I like this story because Jesus is letting everybody see it and basically seeing a weakness of the disciples. 
And when you look at a couple of these verses in here, go to Mark chapter 9, verse 18b. See, we've already read that he had a problem. He brought, brought his son to him. But in verse, verse um, not chapter 9, verse 18b, let's start with 18 right off the bat. It says, Wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and gnasheth with his teeth, and he pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. They couldn't do it. They tried. They could not do it. So they have a problem. Someone comes and asks for their help, and they can't help them. And here's this, this boy, and now it's even evident, after, they, after he says that, that the disciples can't help him, then the child drops in front of him and starts foaming at the mouth. And they see, the, and, and they see a reaction. So that the man had a problem, and the disciples had a problem. But with that, there's a third thing. When there's a problem, there's always an answer. What's the answer normally? It's not B if you're taking that test. How many of you ever heard that? If you don't know, circle B. I don't know where that came from. If I was doing the test, I'd have all the answers C. That's not the answer to our problems. We know people that have problems, and sometimes we have problems. And the answer comes from the same source. Jesus has the answer to this man. Jesus has the answer to this man. In um, Mark chapter 9 and verse 22b, you, you see him coming on the scene. And you'll see it. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us. He's begging for compassion from Jesus. Keep reading. It says, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. It's an interesting statement. I believe, but help thou my unbelief. He's basically saying, I will believe it, but if I have unbelief, please take it away from me. You will do anything for your child. You will go to an extreme as this man did. He didn't care what people thought because all the religious people were there. All he cared about was the problem that his child had. And the answer to his problem was Jesus. You want me to tell you the answer to anybody's problem? It's Jesus. You say, well, how can you say that? Because Jesus is the answer to the eternal problem. Oh, you say, well, money would be my answer, but it might help you for a short time, but it's not going to help you eternally. It's not going to. You can have all the money in the world, and when you die, guess what? Somebody else gets it. You better have eternal life. And the only way you can have eternal life is through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The Father referring to God. He tells the guy, he says, listen, you've got to have faith. Keep reading in verse number um, 25. When Jesus saw the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. It's interesting that he does that. He gives him a command to come out of him, but at the very end he says, listen, and don't you ever come back to him. Because Jesus knew he was going to leave and that child was still going to be there and he didn't want that demon just to be waiting around and jump back into him. So don't you ever come back into him. And the demons have to listen to Christ. So, he comes out of him. Keep reading. It says, and the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him and he was as one dead insomuch that many said he is dead. And this is the case with so many. There are always people that don't believe what Jesus can do. 
Jesus saved my soul and He changed me drastically. He'll do the same thing for anybody and He's done it for most of you in here. And He'll change you like you've never been changed before. He is the answer to this man. This man has searched and sought out for his child to be healed so many different times. Nothing could help. But Jesus can. But there's always doubters. They said he is dead. Go to the next verse. It says, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. People usually doubt God. They think he, this demons came out and no doubt there was, a, there was a struggle for this demon to come out. Probably exhausted the child. He, he, he's down on the ground. They think he's dead. And Jesus reaches down his hand, picks him up, and he's no longer dead. So we have, the man had a problem. Jesus had the answer to the problem. The disciples had a problem. Jesus was the answer for the man and also Jesus has the answer to his disciples. See, Jesus through his life with his ministry with his disciples, he's teaching them along the way. They don't understand everything. I think probably some of them that did this, and I can see Peter <laughs> standing up saying, hey, I can get this demon out of your, your son. I can see him doing it. doesn't say who did it, but I can see Peter jumping up. Maybe Andrew is you know, jumping in to help him. But he can't, he, can't get, he can't get the demon out of it. Maybe they're just like us. What do you mean by that? Maybe they try to do everything in their own, own power. You can't do certain things in your own power. The man I worked for in Illinois, he told us of a story one time that he was at, someone had called him and a grandmother had said, there's something wrong with my grandson. I need you to come over to my house. I need you to see this. And so he went in and the grandson was five or six years old, maybe seven years old. He was a young child. And he goes into the, his bedroom and, and Brother Tebow told me, he said, you know, this is the last place I want to be when I saw what was going on. He went over and the boy was levitating off the floor about 16, 18 inches. He started talking to the boy and the boy started talking to him in a very deep voice. Most people say, that would be so cool. Uh-uh. You're messing with things you don't want to mess with. He said, it was the last place I wanted to be. He tried some things on him. I don't know really what happened to the end of the story, but you know what? I wouldn't want to be in that room. And so here you have the disciples coming on the scene, and they, they ask this question. Jesus has the answer to the, the, to the disciples, but they ask a question. Go to Matthew. Flip over to Matthew. I told you we're going to go to that real quick. This is the same story in a different book. Matthew writes it in verse number seven, chapter 17. In verse 19, they ask this question. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? Why couldn't we do this? Look at Jesus' response to them. Jesus' response was this. He said, And Jesus said unto them, in verse number 20, Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. It's interesting. Because didn't he just ask the father to have belief for the child to be healed? And now he's going the same approach to, G to the disciples that he went with the father. And the man must have did it right because the demon came out. But look at what the disciples are. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, the smallest seed you can find, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. That's an amazing statement. My mother always wore that verse as a necklace, and on the other side it had a magnifying glass on it. I don't know if you've ever seen those, a magnifying, 
wasn't a glass, but the way it was set, and you could see the seed of a mustard seed, and it was real tiny. She passed away. It was, it was put on her, and then the, the um, people from the funeral home gave it to me. Still have that necklace. It shows you how strong faith should be. If we just had faith the size of a mustard seed, we could move a mountain. Now, God's not asked me to move a mountain. He's not asked you to move a mountain. But we could do it if we had that faith. Problem is, we don't have that faith. His disciples didn't have that faith. But then he answers it again. He, he does something that's a little bit different. He tells them that story. And this is only found in Matthew. Mark doesn't use, use the grain of mustard seed in this application. But then he says something. Look at verse number 21. He says to them, he says, the answer to you is, listen, you can move, you can move a mountain, but the, the other thing is, how be it this kind goeth out, but by prayer and fasting. So this is a serious thing. Prayer is making your petitions known unto God, and fasting is denying something so God sees that your petition is serious. They had not done that. I, if it was Peter, he was probably relying on his own spirit. Go back to, math, to Mark and let's see the response here. Mark chapter 9, verse 29 says this. It says, actually we'll pick it up at verse number 28. This is where they ask a question. And when he was coming to the house, the disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? And here's, here's the response in Mark. And he said unto him, this kind can, can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. You know what that tells me? That Jesus had a right relationship with his father and he was talking to him. And Jesus also sacrificed things called fasting. You know, in today's world, we don't fast very much. If we miss a meal, guess what? We're starving. We don't even realize what that means. How many of you ever said, man, I'm starving. I'm about ready to die. We don't even know what that means. But Jesus is saying to His disciples, you know, you're going to have to get serious about this before... Things like this are going to happen to you. Later on, would they do it? Absolutely they would. The Holy Spirit would indwell them and they would go out and they would be able to heal people. But not at this junction. Now, my question to you is this. Do you believe that men have problems? Do you believe you have problems? The answer to both men's problem and us is Jesus. They might be going different directions, but I'm telling you, they need, they need Christ and we need to be closer to Christ. Remember, I brought all those things up that we're doing. If we're going to be serious about this, we have to have prayer and fasting. What does that mean? You're going to have to give up some of your time to pray about it. You, you mean when we have the Missions Emphasis Sunday? Absolutely. We, don't just, we, we just don't do things that make Alan Cowan put all the, the flags up, amen? Hey, let's make him do that again. We're going to put all the flags up, and then the next week we're going to take them all down and put different flags up just because we want to keep him busy. That's not what we're doing this for. Do you not believe that the world needs the gospel? The world has a problem. You know what the problem is? They need something. The answer is who? Jesus. What about this? What about uh, the revival with Pastor Cody Sturgill? You know what the revival's about? See, the first one's about the world. 
The next one's about our hearts. The revival's about our hearts. You say, well, I can't come on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. You need to try. You will regret not hearing Brother Sturgill preach. And so this is for, but you know what? We have problems, right? And the answer to our problems is Jesus. I can't emphasize that enough. Our answer to our problems is Jesus, isn't it? I'm waiting until I get everybody to do it. Our answer to our problems is what? Jesus, amen? Amen. All right, so we have that. So what about this? Do you not think that they need Christ? Do you not think they see some bad things? And I know some of you are thinking of Ray here. He's, he saw some bad things on, in Vietnam. But these guys are seeing bad things in their hometown. And then they're not getting good press about it. I mean, how many times do you hear good things about them? In the last month, you think about what you've heard about police officers. I've seen footage of police officers in New York City being doused by water. Saw footage of, of police officers in Philadelphia being hit by things while they're trying to keep people out of an active shooting area. I've heard people say things, and I'm not saying they're perfect. There's always two sides to every story, but can I say this? The answer to their problems is not just putting things under the rug. The answer to their problems is getting things out and understanding who, what, what the answer is, and it's Christ Himself. Some of them don't even know they have a problem. Some of them, this is, this is life is normal. They see the things they do, they just move forward, they get a paycheck, and they move, move on but they still have it in their head what they see. And you know what we're trying to do? We're trying to tell them thank you for what they've done. So how do you do this? How do we make a big day at Bible Baptist Church with hometown heroes? Well, you know what? I don't want our missions emphasis. I don't want our revival. I don't want our um, hometown heroes. I don't want our reapers and sowers, month of thanks, and the, and the birth of Christ just to be a simple thing. I want it to mean something to us. And you know when, you, when something means to you, you give your heart to it. What that means is you're going to pray over it. We've got cards in the back and we're going to give you a card when you go out. I want you to pray over hometown heroes because they need it. Wouldn't it be interesting if you're driving along and someone pulls you over and you find out it's a police officer you've invited to church? That doesn't mean you're not going to get a ticket you're probably more apt to get a ticket at that point. But you know what? That ticket will not even, even be close to what you'll get when you get to, get to heaven and you see someone's lives have changed. You know what I want these guys to do? I want them to understand that someone cares for them. And it's not me and it's not you, it's Christ. We're superficial in this whole aspect of it. We're all pointing people to Christ. So I want you to start praying about these activities we have, these, these um, events we have coming in, because I need your help. I can't do it alone. Me and Daniel can't do it alone. The deacons can't do it alone. People on visitation can't do it alone. What I need you to do is I need you to pray over them. When I went to the firehouse this last week, uh, yesterday, my wife and I had the privilege of talking to three different groups. They were all responsive of it. I think they might have been responsive of the donuts that I brought them. Or the PAL dollars I gave them. But I also gave them a card and I said, can you pass this along to other people? What they didn't know is if they, they took that card, the front part of the card says hometown heroes. But if they were to flip it over, 
on the back talks about who the real hero is. We're not the answer to their problems. We can thank them for what their, their service. And that day, I want people here thanking them for their service. You say, well, what, what kind of people are coming in? I don't know. We might have two, but I'm praying we have a hundred. But it's our faith that's involved here. And I'm not trying to build this up to make myself look better. I'm just telling you, there's people out there that need the Lord. And all they see is bad. And we can bring them something good. We can give them a home-cooked meal. They can see that we care for them. And then we'll give them a meal. We're going to give them certificates to go out where they can get some more, more food. It doesn't do us wrong to treat people right. And they're our servants. What are we doing with this? The only way this is going to change is if we take it serious. And the two things you've got to do to show God you're serious, what are they? He just told His disciples. Prayer and fasting. And you want to do them in that order. Pray and then figure out when you can dedicate a time where you can take away the food that you're having and then just pray over even more. You won't die from it. God will see that you're serious about it and He'll move something in a miraculous way. Because I want to say, people have problems. We have problems. And the answer to everybody's problem, I know it sounds very simple and simplistic, but it's Jesus. Changed my life. Changed my direction, changed everything about me. And He'll do the same thing for you and He'll do the same thing for them. So let's pray over these things drastically. We're going to have a different invitation. I want you to listen to me when we have this invitation. Let's bow, bow our heads in prayer. Lord, I, I don't know everybody in this room, but you do. And Lord, you've made a difference in many people's lives. Lord, when you came into my heart, you changed me. You changed my direction. You changed my demeanor. You've done so many marvelous things in my life. And for that, I'm thankful for. But Lord, as I, as, I, as I look at some of these things we've got coming up for the world, for our heart, and for our community, we so often see all the bad things in this world, and yet we don't do anything to make it better. Oh, we live in our little bubble and we're okay with that. May we step out of that bubble. May we see that you have something for us. May our faith be moved. May we understand that we have to have prayer and fasting. I don't want it just to be another 2019, the last four months, let's get it over with and move on to 2020. Lord, I want to see you move in a miraculous way. In my heart, in the hearts of these people. May there are people in the community see that we care about them. May they see that you care about them. May they see that you're the answer to their problems. Guide us in ways only you can. And may we do what we need to do for not just this ministry, but for you. Thank you in advance for what you're going to do. And Lord, just guide us through this whole process. And we'll see you in it. And not us, not anything that we've done, but everything about you. In Jesus' name. If you could stand for us with no one looking around, we have a short invitation. The invitation is different a little bit today. I've shared with you the things that we're doing.
They're all set up for us to share the gospel. Well, no one looking around, how many of you would say that the world needs the gospel with no one looking around? I just want to see hands. How many of you would say that your heart needs the, you need, you need to learn some things also? All over. And lastly, how many do you think that the people in this community need to see that we care at Bible Baptist? Would you say raise your hand on that? So let's take it serious. You're going to hear me talk about it the whole time. We're going to start, start talking about it. We're going to talk about it almost every service. Because I want you to understand the magnitude of this. Let's just face it. When we go to our jobs, we don't have to worry about what a fireman has to worry about. We don't have to worry about what a police officer thinks, EMT. We've got it pretty easy normally. Some of them lay their life on the line for us. We want to be a servant to them. So here's what I'm asking you. First of all, you better understand that Jesus is the answer to your prayers, answer to your troubles. If you don't have him in your heart, you need to come see me. I can show you in the scripture what it means to be saved. And then you'll understand the aspect of the next aspect with it is this, that we need to pray and we need to fast for these people. If I were to pull Brandon up here, if I were to pull Pete up here and say, do police officers have problems? They would definitely say, oh yeah, they got some problems. They're seeing things that, that normal people don't see. If I were to bring firemen in here to do the same thing, EMTs, they'd say the same thing. You know what we need to do? Bathe us in prayer so we know God's in it. We need to thank the Lord for what He's done for us and able to help other people. So here's, my, here's, my, here's my invitation tonight. Either you stay in your seat and you pray over this and pray about a time that you can fast over it well, you come to this old-fashioned altar and you, just, you just, just bear out some words to God and let Him see how serious we are about this. We get serious about other things, but sometimes God's put back on our, on our shelf. I want God to move in a miraculous way. And He can't without prayer and fasting. I would pray that some of you in here would say, Pastor, I'm going to take one meal a week and fast through that meal and just talk to, talk to our Savior about what He could do with all these things. World missions. The world's crazy. Our heart sometimes is going the wrong direction and our community needs us. We need to do this. If you're serious about this, I'm going to pray. Invitation is going to be open. It's going to be, he's going to play through two times and then it's going to be over. Well, let's take this serious. Let's understand that God has something for us. The world needs us. We need Christ. And this community needs us. And the only thing, way it can do it is if we go through Christ, not through ourselves.